Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Hey, welcome to Arise, Esther. Today, I have a very special guest for you. You're going to enjoy this podcast. I have with me a member for over 20 years of the award-winning ASA Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, and she is the brand director and the editor of the Leading Hearts magazine. I'm so glad to have her with me. Also specializes in global brand and communications. She's a speaker herself. She's won numerous awards. She's gonna tell you all about that. She is the founding editor and the art director, as I said, of the Leading Hearts magazine, which by the way, has received an EPA award every year for the past seven years of its publication. And so it is a joy for me to bring on today, Amber Wiegand Buckley. So glad that you are with us today. Thank Thank you you for joining us. Thank you so much, Don, for inviting me to the program. Actually, you're up in the Michigan. I'm I'm a Battle Creek uh, born there, but uh, down here in Southwest Missouri. So yeah, I'm all right. Michigan. So uh, thank you for having me on the program. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. I didn't know that you were from Battle Creek, so no wonder we're sisters. Yes, I said there is a reason that I came from the breakfast cereal capital of the world, (laughs) because anybody who's around with me long enough knows I'm a little bit (laughs) cornflakes. Cornflakes, 50% Fruit Loops. Well, that's kind of a segue, but I'm not sure it's a good segue, but... to talk about your journey that you've been on and um you have a is it a blog or a a, a magazine or a um even a book that you've worked on called the barefaced journey stepping out of the shame of mental illness ministry well it's it's funny how this is and this is kind of um the journey that's been my barefaced journey started um back in 2013 um, and when I was writing and all of a sudden I felt that God was downloading uh, downloading some very profound things into my mind and into my heart and having some healing taking place. Um, so that was year 16 of being in youth magazine, youth publishing world, because so I was a bit a little bit a little bit of a creative flower child, a little bit of uh, that. So 16 years in um, youth ministry um, can do that. You know, you <laughs> kind of do right. that. Um, so um, I started writing. I started journaling. Um, in fact, journaling nonstop, if you can imagine um, what began as um, I felt like God was kind of bringing the healing words of Psalms into me and then you know, that was, that was kind of coupled with, um, you know, some very extreme, um, writing, uh, manic writing. Um, so I would bareface, uh, 
uh, I call it barefacegirl.com, um, bareface journey, my bareface journey diaries. It's basically my diary entries uh, for the walk that I took through mental health. Um, and, and some of it wasn't very pretty and some of it was very scary at times and some of it was very dark, but some of it I really had to turn um, and know that what I knew of, of God, what I knew of my relationship with Christ, um, I had to hold on to that hope and I had to pin it and I had to put it down. Yes, it was kind of a, it was a manic phase that I did not realize I was dealing with bipolar uh, mental illness on the manic scale, but it was a quite, quite a, quite a, uh, a walk, let me say, um, that it, and it was in that time that a lot of things happened, a lot of things, a lot of revelations and, and uh, um, even times where I felt one time there I was going to take my own life, which was very, um, very poignant. So yes, my journal entries, I've, I've put some of them out on my uh, barefacegirl.com. I've written about them um, in article format. I've memed about, memed, don't, meme is not the right word. I've pinned, I've written over 800 pins um, from my journal entries. So if I, if you say that I've written a novel, I've probably written a novel in Instagram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but thank you for doing that because isn't mental illness still so taboo in our culture? I mean, who wants to come out and say, I have bipolar or I struggle with anxiety or I am in depression or I have mania or, you know, I have mood swings that are, that keep me very unstable. Thank you for sharing and, and for being willing to open up, if you will, the curtain or removing the veil and letting others see inside of this journey. Yeah. How long ago did you know that you were struggling with this disorder called bipolar? And for the listener, what, what is bipolar? Um, well, you know, bipolar has a, has a range, you know, it, saying, uh, saying um, bipolar is some calling, you know, a, a jello mold jello you know you don't know exactly what you're going to get when you dip into the dip into the pie but it basically it's a it's a it's a mood disorder where you deal with very highs very uh, extreme lows there's very different levels of bipolar i always say i can't deal i can't um diagnose other people or i can help people with elements of bipolar mm -hmm. disorder but i don't have you know, I, everybody has a little bit of a different experience. Some severe that they can't like function um, in a normal work environment because they have such extreme highs and lows that they're like laying in bed one moment and then, you know, so it's, it is, it's a very different illness from person to person um, that really deals in uh, very depressive swings, very uh, high swings into a more of a manic energetic type phase mm -hmm. um and um some people are some people cycle faster like some people can cycle be up for a couple of days and then be down for two weeks and so um thankfully god um has worked in me and through medication and through um I, through the holy spirit you know i think um part of me is 
I don't feel like I have to handle this, but I can step back from myself. And God has given me that divine um, perspective to see it's okay to be human and deal with different things that are going on in our brain differently. It doesn't mean we're bad. It doesn't mean we're wrong. It doesn't mean we're not prayed up. It doesn't mean we're away from God. It just is how the our bones and our frail skin is. Um, when you said how long ago um, that I kind of had the, um, uh, maybe some signs that I was uh, bipolar, I would always kind of have these kind of little um, uh, manic type cycles that I would go through. Um, and believe it or not, my dad went through those things in a time that he, you know, the, that, that uh, the pastor said, just pray through, you don't need medication. So we never really got a good diagnosis on him. So I was thankful. Um, the one thing that I dealt with, which was a little bit different is I was in a place of ministerial leadership. I had my, I had my ministerial license. Um, I was over this magazine for as long as it got teenagers that went out to 160,000 people. And for me to be breaking down in the middle of it, it was a little bit intimidating. So I had to learn about shame on a whole new level because I thought, oh my gosh, not only do my family, does my family see it, but the whole world sees me falling apart. And that is not a very nice place to be when you're right in the thick of it. Yeah, those public moments where it feels like we're completely bare, as as you say, bare-faced um, or exposed. And yet, I think in that vulnerability, we're probably more helpful in our stories and being true and showing the world how we're going to cling to God and what's coming out of it than when we show this plastic, you know, I got it all together uh, face, you know, you, maybe you don't know this, but I was an ordained minister with the assemblies of God for years. I'm, I'm with another organization now, still an ordained pastor, but I know that magazine. <laughs> um, and, um, but, um, you know, so when you, you talk about shame, I, I can only imagine how that must've felt the shame of, and sometimes, and I don't want to pick on the church because I think the church is the hope of the world. But I, th I think at times, you know, the shame that we try to all look perfect. And I, again, going back to this one area, mental illness, as your dad was told, if you pray hard enough, if you have enough faith, come on, man, just, just stop being negative. Pull yourself together as a person who went through a very strong season of anxiety and depression. I was post-traumatic stress disorder. It came yeah. out of childhood trauma and I didn't know that it was going to creep up and knock on the door of my soul in my thirties and completely cause a massive disruption in my life and my heart. So you, it was genetic for you. It was also probably stress related. Uh, it was genetic. It was also stress related. It was also triggered by some of the things that were going on in my life at the time, a time where I was seeking out some really deep healing. And, and, and I was like, oh my goodness, here I am seeking out some really deep healing in this. And all of a sudden, something 
went. Mm -hmm. And I remember, okay, so um, Linda Evan Shepard, who was the founder of ASA, um, I remember showing up at a Colorado Christian Writers Conference. I was just getting right, just uh, um, on faculty there, um, getting ready to teach a class on reaching millennials, uh, which were already out of that phase yet. Uh, But I, I, I was just really reeling with everything, reeling with hurt, reeling with healing, reeling with no safe space to really tear apart things um, in a in a very uh, in a what in a public way, you know, like deconstruct things or like tear apart things. Yeah, just deal with things that were. And I remember being. Um, at that conference and I walked in the door and Linda looked at me and she says, Amber Wigan Buckley. And I'm like, I don't know you from anybody who, why do you know me? And she says, I've been wanting to meet you. And I'm like, okay. Um, So we ended up spending, uh, we ended up being roommates at that conference. And um, what she didn't know is right after I, I um, uh, finished my class, on uh, for the conference, I ended up going, climbing up the mountaintop and I was at the edge of a cliff. My toes were literally at the edge of a cliff. And I heard, I heard the enemy speak to me and, I, and he said, if you truly, if you, if you truly, if God really truly loves you and you have no evil in your soul that you can jump off this cliff and he'll save you. So I was like, that was like, I should have just like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what, you know, that's a familiar, Mm -hmm. familiar. um, But this is a thing. There was a second voice and it says, "Um, daughter, that's not my voice. Mm -hmm. So I know in that moment that even though, uh, you know, that God made a special effort to save me from that fall, he spoke to me and he spoke to me in the moment and said, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went back to the room that night, um, I ended up going into bed, not telling Linda anything. I didn't, I, I kind of, you, you know, how you put on the face, uh, Don, you know, how you do the, you know, the pastoral face. Sometimes. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And, and uh, I had laid down in bed and we began to sleep and I just, my my head was my my head was in torment. I was, I, I, I and this was with I'd had six months where I couldn't stop writing, which was kind of it was bizarre. It was like, so I was hearing I was hearing writing words. I was hearing things I wanted to write down con- constantly. Chronic. I called it chronic writing. It was my manic phase. Was chronic writing where I couldn't sure. go of it. Um, I write and drive and everything like that. So I had all this thing kind of blowing up in my head and I thought, oh my gosh, am I the next, you know, Emily Dickinson? You know, is this how she was, she went into mad, dove into madness, you know? So I literally thought, oh my goodness, what's going on? Well, um, in the middle of the night, Linda, and she still doesn't say she remembers this, she got up on her feet in the middle of the night and she said, Satan, stay away from her. So in that moment, I knew that I was dealing more than with more than just a mental illness. I was dealing with a situation where I was being overloaded Mm -hmm. and Satan was really glad to give me the shovel when I was down there to dig a really 
deep pit of despair, turmoil, hopelessness that almost sent me off a cliff. And that was not, and even there, I didn't, I didn't go get help right there. So that was, that was, that was uh, strange because I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I know this is something that's, that I'm battling, but okay, well, let's walk on and put on the face and go back out and do what you need to do. You know, I'm glad you bring up that point. First of all, what a powerful story. And aren't we thankful that God is so faithful mm-hmm. to save us and for someone to be doing warfare on your behalf, even in the middle of the night, Holy Spirit waking her up and, and having her speak that. But you didn't still go for help. I mean, is that just like us as human beings? Oh, I got this. I got this. Or I'll just sweep this under the rug again. Like, you know, certainly Satan is after your voice. He wants to shut you down. He wants to put you out, um, stop you from being in evangelism, because that's what you do. You're telling others about Jesus in a global sense. You're going all over the world. I failed to mention that in in the introduction, but you and your husband all over the world. Um, And, and so here the enemy is trying to, you know, shut your, shut your voice down. Exactly. Why didn't you get help or what did it take? Um, well, um, initially I was too afraid of losing everything. I knew what was, you know, um, what was real and stable and realizing that here in my instability anyway, everything was falling. And, um, and in that moment, um, God, I, in fact, I say this all the time is you can't travel through mental illness as a person of faith in Christ in an attempt to be well for God or be well for anyone. Um, there is a sickness going on that you need your sisters and your brothers and whomever to, um, it takes, it takes a whole carful to steer you where you need to go. And that's what happened. That's what happened with my husband and I, um, because I went into a full blown, um, it was, let's see, um, that was May. Um, and by, no, that wasn't May. So in three months time, I went into a full episode and, and this is one of the most loaded words that I have to deal with. And it's, it's, it's a message. It's a word of my diagnosis that has chronically hung on me. Like, Oh, I don't even want to divulge the bipolar with psychotic episodes. Mm -hmm. I was seeing things that weren't there. I was hearing things that weren't there. I was hearing people say what they weren't saying. I mean, that's pretty much that was, that was, I mean, I, I do believe some of that was, you know, some of that was a spiritual attack. I also believe that there was some of that. And it was very, I would say there is parts of my memory in this whole process that I went through and walked through. I have no idea who I was then. And I have big black holes still. Sure. And that's the scariest part to me is, um, I kind of don't know, you know, I kind of don't know everything that, that kind of went out. Cause I don't even, it was almost like I didn't even know that person, you know, sure. there was episodes, yeah. there was times walking through that path that I didn't even, 
know that person. And as I said, I have all these journals from that time. Some of them I can't read anymore mm-hmm. um, because it just, it makes your whole psyche go there. And, and there, I think there, there, there was some uh, divine um, covering to, the, to my mind during that time because I don't remember. I don't remember some of these things. And it's literally, um, I, tell, I tell my husband, um, in, in, I've written about it. It's called um, Surviving My Head in Collision um, because I felt like um, after my bipolar episode where I was having, I literally had a delusional experience where I felt like I could rescue every homeless person on the street in yes. the next month mm-hmm. and that um, we were going to build a farm and play. So there was just like a lot of just, it w- there was a lot of good intention there. Yeah, there was amazing intention. I wasn't like going out and killing people. I had, I loved people. I wanted to make people better. I wanted to, ha- I wanted to save the world. Um, but in that, in that, trick of the enemy that has uh, that in that mind space that I was in it was a very uh, very sick place um at that time my husband and I were going to marital counseling um because of just recovering from a lot of stuff that we had built up in our marriage of uh tw- at that time was 19 years of marriage and this we just celebrated 26 um but Thankfully, you know what? God puts us in the right place at the right time because we were going to counseling. We were talking about, you know, um, anger management, things like that. Um, and um, all of a sudden, my counsel, the counselor that I was going to see with him, because he wanted to do some uh, counseling in regards to his, how he, relational counseling, um, we, he, she ended up seeing that I was having a full-blown manic a manic uh, episode mm-hmm. and she was the one who convinced me to go get help not my husband not my siblings and they saw me going they saw it happening they saw because I would I, I you know I didn't I didn't hide anything when I was you know going into that phase of my um, sickness and it was funny because she's like I think you need, I think there's something going on I think you need to go get help and I was willing to listen to somebody else, not my, not my family. Um, and for some reason, I remember I was there and um, then my brothers and sisters showed up and I was like, what? Um, so my mind is even sticky at that situation of when I actually went into hospital because there's parts of that that I didn't even remember. Um, and the thing about it is, is... Um, God had a divine hand over that timing of everything, even though um, I wouldn't have responded to an intervention, classic intervention. Um, in fact, I went to the, I went to the psych unit expecting to prove everybody wrong. Sure. <laughs> I was like, Oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, you take me inside. They'll just say I'm amazing. And, and very helpful and a humanitarian and, and how creative, how creative yeah. I am. You know, let me jump yeah. in here just for a second because um, I want to make sure that I, I, I make it clear to those that are listening because bipolar is very physical. It's very biological. I don't want to make it sound like it's just, 
you know, like there's some spiritual attack before no, no. where, you know, if we just lay hands on you and pray for you, you're going to be healed. And the brain is an organ in the body yeah. and the organs of our body can malfunction and misfire and, and they can have maladies. And I experienced it too. And it's very spiritual to take medication and to yeah. find healing through medication. But, yeah. you know, so in this, you, you have this three strand cord, you've got a physical thing going on, you've got maybe some emotional things going on, you've got some spiritual things going on, but it yeah. took a professional to really recognize it. And that's why it's so important. Your family, I mean, maybe they just said, oh, that's just Amber, that's just how she is, or she's just... Oh, yeah, that was but, it. Yeah. I think they, the beauty of it is, is when I was writing and they saw, I, when I, when I started my barefaced journey, it was really barefaced. It was like I was writing and I was just throwing it up on Facebook and I was just letting people see the authentic unedited Amber that was uh, the cup of tea. You know, I was just, that's what I, I remember the first journal entry I wrote um, from that. And I actually, I actually have expounded on it since. And it's actually one in my, in my blog. Um, it's, it says, um, uh, I says, uh, it feels more sacred in, in, in the church audit, in the church, in the sanctuary when it's empty, or I feel, I feel mm -hmm. closer to God when it's empty. Mm -hmm. And it said, it's just, it's just me and you, and I'm not trying to put on makeup and I'm not trying to raise my hand at the right time. And I'm not trying to say, sing at the right key on and, and use the right words or um, dress in a certain way. This is where I feel my safe space. So in that place, which was very authentic, very genuine, um, uh, you know, there was, there was kind of a, there was a divergence that occurred um, that was my, um, my physical mind um, dealing with chemicals that don't play my my I want to tell you honestly right now yeah. I am not a recovered bipolar I am a bipolar woman mm -hmm. I have bipolar disorder mm -hmm. and people have that people say you know like it's a, probably the hardest thing for me to say I have mental illness I deal with it right here right now right in this space and I write devotionals and I love the Lord and I love church and I love to, I love to share um, Jesus with people. I love to evangelize. I believe in hope, but I'm a bipolar woman. Yeah. I have bipolar disorder. That's a, kind of the hardest place to be is like, it's Hey, huge. this is a part of who I am. Yeah. But you know what? God created me who I am. He created my mind. He did, you know, he knew that he knew me from, and he knows every hair on my head. He also knows mm -hmm. in a be very beautiful way, how he speaks to me best. Yes. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah. I think it, it, he paints pictures for me in very small ways that lets me know he's knocking on my door. He mm -hmm. lets me know. And it's things that I never saw before. I had my brain break which is beautiful but it took me a while to get there it took me a while to find beautiful again it did so uh, no matter how much i loved god it hurt like everything yeah. you know uh, you know i i i always say it hurts like h-e-double-l hockey sticks when all of that is breaking loose 
It yeah. is. It hurts. And it, there's no other cute or beautiful way to say it. But you know what? It's, 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 it's sometimes in that breaking that we find the most precious things and God speaks to us in the most precious ways. And that's who I learned God to be. He did. He wasn't the, he wasn't the people in the, uh, he wasn't deacons in the church. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that they were, he was not them. He was speaking to me in a way that he could only speak to me. He was sitting in the garbage pit with me yes. in a way that I could only, he could only do. Yes. He was standing. I always say this and it, and it, it drives some people crazy. He was on he was holding my hand while I was sitting on the toilet mm -hmm. and that's the God we serve absolutely a intimate precious God who knows everything about us and doesn't use us um, because we're because we got it all together but uses through our wounds through our scars through our pain Paul said it in the New Testament you know I will boast gladly in my weakness because yeah. that's how his strength is perfected for me. And I remember, you know, I, I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I mean, God bless you. You're a strong woman. Because I went through a season of, like I said, anxiety and depression and, and on medication. And um, I love the medication because it gave me my life back. But uh, when I was in it, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Excruciatingly painful. And... It, I couldn't will myself to be well. I, I am a woman of the word and I quote scripture and I got sticky notes everywhere mm -hmm. and that helped my soul, but I, I needed a creative miracle. I needed a healing from God to fix what had gone off. And, but through that brokenness and through that season, I too, not as eloquently probably as you, or maybe not as transparent either, but I too penned some things that when I go back and I look at them, it's hard to remember that dark place and that I was in that place. But I also see a character or a gold in the fire that God gave me. I learned something about the Lord that had I not gone through that, I wouldn't have known him exactly. that same way. Yes. And I remember one of the, one of the most poignant things that all of, after all of this happened, after I was hospitalized, by the way, the one thing that really catapulted me over the edge and not catapulted me, I can't, right before all this, um, I was told I was losing my job of 16 years. So here goes, here goes your family stability. Here goes your mental stability. Here goes your job stability everything. Let's just throw all of that out the window and everything of my, my foundation of security God and security all started pulling out from under me. So I felt like I was over a, a hole. Um, you know, what the beautiful thing that I had is, um, beautiful girlfriends in my life. Um, a beautiful family that even though there was a time where I just really wanted to be, um, mad at the rough spots and the things that even my husband and I had walked through. I just wanted to be mad at him. I just wanted to just, just, just be, you know, just take it, take everything of anger and frustration over 19 years of not quite, quite being right. Um, and trying to repair that, but actually trying to kick in the process. Um, 
after that, after I was coming out of the hospital and I just, it just sent me into this, oh my goodness, everything I know of safety and security, everything I thought that God had called me to is gone. Mm-hmm. It took me a year to write again. Can you imagine what that was like? Mm-hmm. A year. I thought my, I, I would literally, I remember um, walking, I, I'm, my husband's legally blind. So I, I remember how hard it was to drive because I'd have to drive him to work. I remember um, moments where I touched the back of my head, literally. I touched the back of my head to make sure my, my skull was intact because it felt like my brains were ex- exposed. It literally felt um, like I was dealing with a massive head injury no one could see. Um, and that's what made it more challenging than ever because they're like, oh, why, why don't you just get up on the inside and, and enjoy the Lord and don't utter a, a word of, uh, what is it, uh, discontent or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, everything is, everything is roses in God's kingdom when everything is not roses in God's kingdom. In fact, God never said, things would be roses. He said, you will have trouble. Yes. You will deal with trouble. You will, you are in a, you are in a human frail body and you deal with the anomalies of living in a dirt and skin frame. You deal with that. That is life. Um, It's hard. Dirt is dirty. Brain bones break. Um, So um, in that, um, to find a renewment of purpose and even a renewment of is everything I had of giftings lost in this head wound I'm dealing with? Mm-hmm. Will I ever be the same? And in that God gave me the biggest thing of grace because he gave me, he gave me um, quite a while. He gave me about, oh, I think it was like a uh, uh, 25 weeks of short-term disability, 25 weeks of severance pay for my uh, work. So I almost had a year that God gave me and he said, okay, I know this is going to be hard for you. So I'm going to give you a year off. Mm-hmm. Well, how amazing was that? Beautiful, beautiful. How amazing was that orchestrated? You know mm-hmm. what? Because God knew what I needed and he knew I needed time to recover and heal and he was willing to give it to me. I just had to, I always say, God gives us stuff by hook or by crook. Um, he will, he will give it to us. If we extend our hands, say, we got, I want this, or he will just kick us out of that tree and yeah. say, okay, you need healing. Geronimo. Give me, or do you really want it? Because I'm going to push you out of this tree and you're going to find that you need, you need me and you need to get back to the dirt of who you and I are and you need to find the healing. You need to be willing to take it by hook or by crook. And I tell you what, I'd rather much take it with my hands open and kicked out of the tree. Yes, I hear you. You know, Amber, um, I'm not sure how how the church treated you. I, I pray that the Christian family of faith was well to you. But what would you like the church to know about mental illness? And then what would you say to someone who's listening to this that might be feeling really lonely in their struggle? I would say um, be gracious to those who are dealing with mental illness. 
there was times that I could not be on my front row pew or stuff. I was tired. My mind was tired. My mind was broken. There's medicine that I take that is hard for me to get up um, and do life like a normal person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to say that that just a, uh, it, it's it is. I need extra rest during my day. I need um, to I need to rest. I can't, you know, I can't function as much early in the mornings. I can't function as much if I have, you know, a lot of, a lot of demands on me, but my psyche, bipolar manic, which I cycle to manic, um, allows me to take on the world a lot. And it doesn't feel right if I'm not taking on the world. Um, But you can only take on the world so much and it just, it, it's, you, you go and you, you do, I still cycle. I still cycle now. I don't have the episodes that I do. God willing, I, you know, God willing, but God's not promised me. He hasn't given me the rainbow that says, Hey lady, you'll never have this episode again. You'll never need to be hospitalized. I'm hoping that if I ever get hospitalized again, people will question where I am and what I'm doing. They'll just know this is, this is where Amber needs to recover for a little bit, Mm -hmm. just like anyone with cancer, just like anyone with, um, you know, and any type of illness. Mm -hmm. Um, we have, we have places and times where we need to really God, you know, they, we might cycle into a need of recovery that brings us to the hospital mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, we lost faith. It doesn't mean no. we're so, um, I, I, if I would say anything to the church, I would say, um, be gracious, be gracious in those moments, be gracious knowing that, um, somebody who is a pastoral type person may not be able to serve when they come into the, your church. I'm going to say that really out because yeah. I always was like service, 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 service. I need to be involved, to be involved and be involved. No, no, you know, um, God, God, God calls us sometimes just to be sit, to sit and be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, he got, calls us to rest. He doesn't call us necessarily everybody to be a, 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 a Sunday school teacher, um, do the choir, whatever. Sometimes God just needs you to slow down. So the church needs to understand that and really get get their heads around. And I'm not saying this because there's so many that are so loving and stuff, but there is there is kind of this unspoken rule that once you get in church, you need to do, do, do. And sometimes God doesn't want you to do. He wants you, well, he wants you to be. And everybody can't be the same. Right. So you get, you do your B on whatever level you can do your B at. Um, I remember one time um, we were in counseling, my husband and I, and and the counselor turned to him and he said, do you realize that you will know what you think your wife is and you'd rather not her have this bipolar? She will be always your wife with bipolar disorder. You will always be speaking through that. You will always be navigating that. People don't understand that. It's a part of who you are. It doesn't click your feels and you're done. 
you know, we, I mean, we believe in, I believe in healing. I believe that God can pull things from anybody. Um, but I think, I think, um, I think Paul had it right. You know, we, you know, I, I, I'd love for, love for, uh, uh, God to just pull this supernaturally from me. Do I believe he can? Do I believe he can? Yes, I do. Do I believe that maybe he uses my weakness more effectively in my call than he would if I did not have a weakness? Yes, because I would try to be holding all this together and say, this is my, this is who I am. And I, look at me. I'm so good. Um, I, I, I am the, I am I am delighting. And that's why I call my bare face journey. There's things I've had to give up. Honestly, there has been things that I have left promotion or left possible jobs um, uh, and felt really disheartened because I was saying, okay, God has gotten me through this bare face journey. And I use that all the time. And I said, not so I'm silent about what I've been through, but so I can communicate through that and be transparent about that. And I've had people say, see you, you know, there's the door, yeah. you know, and not that they actually physically said those words, but I know, you know, we know that we, we kind of know when we start being vulnerable. Sure. One of the things that I've known that is if you are vulnerable, you have to be on, you have to be comfortable with people not being comfortable with your own. Right. Right. That's, that's well said. You know, you get to choose to be vulnerable. You also have to, as you say, navigate through the terrain of people who they're not comfortable with your vulnerability and they'll, they'll drop back. They'll pull back from it. I would love uh, everybody in the church to love, love me and love the way I do life and the quirks I have. It's just not possible. Yeah. Well, we love you at also. We love you. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. And, you know, as being a pastor of a church, um, I, I see that. But because one of the things that I want to do is I want to shepherd with wisdom. So I've learned a lot about different disorders. I know a lot about trauma and I have a biblical counseling background. So I begin to identify it, not to pigeonhole people or not to label them, but just so that understanding can come. And I'll say, yeah, and, I, and I've actually helped people come into the awareness that they're struggling with a bipolar because I can see it from the outside and having understood what it is. Very creative in their mania. And um, I think Mozart, I think some of these musicians, I mean, some of these, oh, yeah. they, they, just massively creative people. But yeah. The, but the crash, the crash huh. comes. I should show you. I mean, Don, you should see my kitchen. I totally renovated my kitchen when I came from home from the hospital. Um, in in like four weeks, it was totally like I was like tearing down everything. And oh yeah, that that it can be very purposed and lovely that you can do some of those. Yeah. Things. But send me pictures. I'll I'll link them <laughs> to the podcast. Here's Amber's kitchen. Yeah. It's yeah. called like Coffee Beans and Sunshine Kitchen, and it has everything of what I love. It was actually, I did not know this when I was going through um, uh, my bipolar, you know, how, how much um, people, you know, there's these little facets of bipolar um, illness. It's very unique. Like there's a lot of bipolar people who gravitate towards very bright colors mm -hmm. because it, uh, psychologically 
it's so it's it's lovely so i have my sunshine and coffee bean kitchen where everything's really like obnoxiously yellow kitchen <laughs> and I would go there because it made me feel good. Mm -hmm. It would make me, I just looking at those colors, just going out where I could see um, beautiful things that were outside of myself, outside of my mind was a very, it was, it's very poignant very and therapeutic, very therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's been so wonderful to have you on. Our time is almost gone. I wanted to just say what would, again, what would you tell the listener who either, understands your pain because they are bipolar or they're too afraid maybe to look at it they're not sure they're afraid to get help well the one the one thing that the first thing i would say is how much is your illness taking away from your life mm -hmm. do you really feel like you can be honest with people do you feel like your do you feel like your illness is causing you to live a lie um, a lot that that was where I was. I feel like this is not I'm trying to put up a front where this is not gonna this is not gonna end well. Um, secondly, I would say um, the pat answer for for faith in in Christianity and counseling is sometimes you have to go to someone who is more versed in um, even in in psychology and psychiatric help because you know what we expect a lot of our church people you know we expect from the church from the pastoral staff we expect them to heal uh, to be ready and remedy to fix our problems honestly understand that not all churches are capable of handling uh, mental health issues if you have a church family that they have a mental health professional on staff wow that's amazing but that is not the be all and end all and don't feel bad if people don't understand you need to go to people who can help and the people who can help are are not only um are her professional people step beyond your shame i said the yes. best thing i did the best thing i did was hold my breath and walk through the fire of of to healing and that's what we have to do. We have to hold our breath, walk through the fire of healing, um, realizing it's going to hurt like every bit of H-E-L-L, -L, and realize that, but that at the end of that, all of H-E-L-L -L is breaking loose. And that's where we want to be. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be free in him to deal with who we are in our bones, in our, in our skin, in our dirt. Yeah. To know that he loves us desperately. He desperately loves us. He's desperately seeking after us. He's desperately lavishing his grace and forgiveness and stuff. There is nothing of sin in mental health. Let me just tell you right there. Right, right. There is nothing of sin in mental health. There is weakness that we can delight in for his glory. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to say about that. It's beautiful. Just beautiful. We're talking to Amber Wiegand Buckley and a bipolar woman who loves God and is used in amazing ways to serve God. And I'm very thankful for you that you have come into acceptance and yet you still remain a woman of faith ready at any time like lord if you want to lift this from me great if not i'm still gonna serve you 
I'm still going forward. And that's, um, that's a powerful posture because it makes you victorious. And, and so thank you so much. Yeah. Modern day Esther. Thank well, you. Thank and you. Hey, as we close, um, how can someone, what would, if they want to get a hold of you or if they would be interested in the magazine, Leading Hearts yes. Magazine? I love, I love Leading Hearts and that's a whole nother, I think that's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother Arise Esther moment. Because okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do the whole other Arise Esther moment? <laughs> Not right now, but I'd love to yeah, have we'll again. Do it. We'll do it again. Um, but um, it is, you want to go to uh, leadinghearts.com. Um, and, um, the magazine is free. Um, uh, you can text leading hearts, all one word to six, four, six, zero, zero, and it'll come direct to your mobile device. Such great content. The um, one of my heart, my heart of hearts in leading hearts is to deal with authentically helping ladies where they are in the dirt and the trenches of ministry to rise up and find and be in, it released into their calling. And if we can do that, and if we can encourage people to do that, heaven is greater for it. Yes, yes, amen. That's my vision too, in my heart too. Love seeing you and other women like you stepping into their calling. You could have had a gazillion excuses not to serve God, but here you are and um, praise God. Thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate being on the program. I, I just blessed by you and just your amazing testimony and your, your story and your sharing. And, and it's amazing to hear all the things that God is doing with women in their, in their broken situation to build them up into great leaders. To, to be that mighty army. Amen. Yeah. That's good. Thank you so much. And uh, again, this is Don Scott Damon, your host. You've been listening to Arise Esther. And let me ask you this, Esther, is this your moment? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseesther.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on the Arise movement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.